want to remind you this Wednesday night, we've got a great uh, service laid, laid out this Wednesday night. Amen. Coming up, we have a guest speaker in church that are going to be here. Pastor Caleb Ash from Current Church, along with members of his church, they're going to be here with us Wednesday night. It's going to be a great time. So I really encourage and admonish everybody to be here Wednesday night. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. Amen. Bring somebody. Um, now, Pastor Caleb is not, he's no longer a youth pastor, but that's where he came from. And so I know he has a, he has a very um, contemporary ministry, if you'll allow that, and uh, refreshing. I, I think it'll be a blessing to not only our youth, but all of us. He's not coming to preach to the youth. He's a, he's a pastor now. So uh, everybody come and be blessed on Wednesday night. Amen. I also want to say good to see my brother, brother Eduardo back here today. Last Sunday morning, he was laid up in the hospital. Yeah. Amen. They didn't know what was going on with him. You finally got out. They finally released you out of jail Friday, right? Was that third? <laughs> Amen. It's, they had him locked in there, man. It's probably what happens when you have good insurance. They're going to keep you as long as they can. Isn't that how that worked? Three days minimum. Amen. He was begging to get out. <laughs> right. Praise God. <laughs> That's what I tell you. <laughs> you don't have no insurance. They say walk it off. Just walk it off. <laughs> it all. Praise God. Put a little dirt on it. You'll be good. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's look at 1 John 5. <laughs> but we're happy that you recovered. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Had a wife that prayed over him. Just She went in warfare tongues on him. And uh, bless the two of them. Amen. All right, 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5. Everybody have that? All right, let's read that together this morning. Ready, read. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. All right, we're going to talk today talking on the subject again, overcoming the world. This is part two, overcoming the world. Father, thank you today for the word we're about to receive. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me today. Give me uh, clarity of thought, clarity of words, of speech today that your people may receive. I ask that every one of us in this room would have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. God, speak to us with a fresh word from heaven, that which we need to hear, and accomplish your word in us, your work in us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Overcoming the world, part two. All right, so we've been talking about on last Sunday how you and I, we live in the midst of a very evil world. We all agree with that. And Satan has been very busy going all the way back. Give me a little more volume here on the monitors or something. He's been very busy ever since the Garden of Eden. And, you know, his forces are very strong. I mean, he convinced Adam and Eve to do something that was totally disobedient to God. And they didn't hear from a preacher. They didn't hear... From a man of God telling the word of God. They heard God himself tell them the word, and yet they still directly disobeyed God. That's a strong force, amen? And so he's been operating like that since then. But what Satan wants, he wants you and me to, to think that his power is so strong that you and I can't overcome it. He wants to think that his power is so strong that you and I must be over, overcome by him that he cannot be defeated. But I want you to know that we can overcome every one of Satan's powers. Amen. In fact, I want to throw this out ahead of time. He's already a defeated foe. Tell your neighbor, he's already a loser. 
He's already a loser. You and I are battling someone who's already a loser. So the odds are not against us. The odds are on our side. We're not the underdogs. We're the favorites. You got that? Now, over in the book of 1 John, we're, we're over here. Look at chapter 3, verse 8. Here's what, what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. It says here at the, at the second section of this verse, it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Now, we know that Jesus lists various reasons as to why he came, but here it lists this reason. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? That he might destroy, come on, the works of the devil. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So the devil may be working in your life, but Jesus Christ came to destroy his works. In fact, just a little background, that word works is the, is the Greek word ergon, ergon, E-R-G-O-N, which means business. It means everything that the devil produces. So any evil the devil has produced in your life, the Bible says Jesus Christ came to destroy it. Hallelujah. He's a dumb devil, a defeated foe. And he has lost the battle in your life. Jesus Christ came to destroy his works. Y'all got it? Now in Galatians chapter 1, you just follow along with me please. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, it says this. That this it says who, meaning about Jesus Christ, it says who gave himself, come on. For our sins, why? That he might deliver us from this present evil age. So we do live in a present evil age, but we have been delivered. You and I, we are in this world, come on, but we're not of this world. So it doesn't matter what folk in this world go through, we're sad and sorry for them, we're compassionate, but you and I are not meant to be overwhelmed by what overwhelms them. We're not to be, to be overcome by what overcomes them. We're not to be defeated by what defeats them. You and I are walking in victory. Now thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Can you say Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you and I are not meant to lose. Jesus Christ gave himself. So this is Palm Sunday. We're looking forward to Resurrection Sunday on next week. This week of his passion. This week where we see the stories about how he went through all he went through. He did all that. It says he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So notice we see that Jesus destroys the devil's works and then he delivers us from this present evil age. If you have a King James Bible, that word age, you use the word world to deliver us from this present evil world. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age or even to the end of the world. So he's with us and he's delivered us from this present evil age. And he's with us the whole time. Tell your neighbor, God is with you. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles real quick. Look over at the scripture. I love it. And over in Psalms, the book of Psalms, Psalm number 46. Psalm number 46. Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Glory to God. How can you lose? I'm with you. Remember, remember the disciples in the fourth chapter of Mark were on their way across the, the ocean, the, the Sea of Galilee, and a storm came? 
and they freaked out. Master, you don't care that we're dying, we're perishing. And here they are in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. And they're freaking out like they're going to die. And he says, guys, what in the world is, what is y'all problem? Y'all don't have any faith. You don't have enough sense to realize I'm in the boat with you and I'm not about to die. I've already told you when I'm going to die. I'm going to Jerusalem to die. I'm not going to die on this sea. I'm not going to die ahead of time. I'm not going to die prematurely. I'm talking to somebody here. I'm not going to die prematurely. I'm not going to die till my time is done, till my assignment is done, till my job is finished. I'm not going nowhere. No little infection, no little pain in my body going to kill me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to know that and stand on that. So God, look at this in Psalm 46 verse 1. Are you there? God is our refuge and strength. Come on. A very present help. Has anybody ever been in trouble in your life? Some of you might be in trouble right now in some area of your life, but I today want to give you some good news that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I, I know people like to say in time of trouble, but that's not what it says here. There are other places where the Bible talks about times of trouble, but when it says he's a very present help, it says he's a very present help in trouble. Not in times of trouble, in the trouble. That means he, he's there in the trouble with you, not to hang out with you and rub your back, but to come in the trouble and pull you out. That's the kind of God we serve. Jesus came to this earth because we were in trouble. And he came down here to this earth not to leave us and say, God, just do the best you can, but to pull us up out of this trouble. You got it? So he's a very present help in trouble. Now, if you have a pretty decent Bible above that phrase, a very present help, there's a, some kind of mark or a number or a letter, right? And the Bible down in the notation was, uh, section will say, an abundantly available help. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. That's what it means. He's an abundantly available. Abundantly available. You ever call somebody and needed their help and they weren't available? Let me, thank you. They didn't pick up the phone. They saw your number. Pretended they were busy. And they had already told you before, anytime you need help, just give me a call. They sure told you that. Anytime you need me, just call me. And you called them. And they didn't answer the phone. Oh, you called? Yeah, they got Apple Watch and everything. They know, they know the call. They know the call came in. They saw it. Right? They, they know you call. Or they do answer the phone. You say, I need some help right now. Oh, let me check my schedule. Now, they don't have a schedule first. <laughs> they don't even keep a calendar. They got all that phone on keep a calendar. Let me, let me check my schedule. But the guy's not like that. The Bible says he's an abundantly available help. That means he's always there. He's always available. He's always on time. Tell your neighbor he's always on time. 
He is an abundantly available help. Anytime I call him, anytime I need him, he's always there. In the morning, he's right there. In the noonday, he's right there. In the evening, he's right there. Late at midnight, he don't shut his phone off like I do. He's right there. <laughs> you can't reach me past a certain hour. But I'm glad that God, late in the midnight hour, if it's 1 a.m., you can still get a hold of him. He's an abundantly available help. Give me the Amplified Classic version on this, on this scripture here. Isaiah, I'm sorry, Psalm 46, verse 1. Look at what it says. He says, God is our refuge and strength. Watch this. Mighty and impenetrable to temptation. Mighty and impenetrable to temptation. It can't get to him. A very present and, watch this, well-proved. I wish I had a few people who know you. You tried him and you know him. Anybody ever tried him and you found out he's a friend and tried him found out he'll be right there? Tried him and found out he is wise, he is holy, he is God, he's good to you, and he will come through? A very, a well, a present and well a well-proved help. He's proven to me, proven to you, proven to us that he's help in trouble. Now, in the New King James Version, go back, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Verse 2 says, here's the first line, therefore, therefore, we will not fear. That's very important. Therefore, we will not fear. Why will we not fear? Because he's a very present help in trouble. And yet, isn't it just, just instinctive that when trouble comes, the first thing that rises up in you is fear? Oh, y'all don't have to agree with me. I know, I know it's true. That's why a call comes and you run. A letter comes, you go, oh. You feel something in your body. You go, oh, oh. It's fear. That's fear. Oh, no, I was just concerned. No, that's fear. It's fear. Hopefully, you just got a hold of it real quick. But when you, over time, prove that God is a helper, or when over time God proves to you he's a helper, the fear begins to wane. It begins to diminish. It, begin, it begins to, to become come less and less of your first reaction. Come on now, help me out. Over time, as God proves you over and over and over again, no, he's good, he'll come through for you, less and less you react with fear. More and more you begin to say, oh, okay. God's going to come through. There's another opportunity for God to show up. Like the superheroes, this is a job for Superman. You remember that? This is a job for super God. Right? He says he's a very present up in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, can I add one verse to, to that, please? Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Here's our reaction, D. Here's what we got to do. Be still and know. Come on. So our reaction now when things come up is to be still. We will not fear. What are we going to do? We're going to be still. In other words, we're not going to run. Some of y'all run too quick. 
I don't mean just running away. I mean, some, sometimes we go trying to run and fix something too quick. Hold up, hold up, hold up, smarty pants. Let God tell you what to do. Let God give you some instruction on this thing. Let God pull a cover back because it may not be all you think it is. It may be a false alarm. Yeah, anybody ever had a false alarm? I'm sure. It may be so before you run, no, be still and know that I'm God. Because if you keep allowing fear to drive you, fear will torment you. Come on now. 1 John 4, 18, fear involves torment. Fear will cause you to be overwhelmed. Listen to this very carefully. Fear gives Satan control of your situation. Y'all missed that. Fear, write this down if you need to. Fear gives Satan control of my situation. Third chapter of Job, verse 25, Job says, the thing I feared the most has come upon me and that which I've dreaded has happened to me. So fear gave Satan control. It wasn't God saying, boy, you ought to, you ought to go, go get Satan or, or go, go get Job. No, here comes Satan presenting himself to God along with all the other sons of God, the angels. And the Bible says, God asked Satan, hey, where you been? Oh, going to and fro throughout the earth, looking to mess with somebody. He said, you've been over at Job's house, haven't you? When it says, have you considered Job? He said, the, the real Hebrew meaning of that is, you've considered Job, haven't you? And he said, yes, but you know you got this hedge around him. See, that, that's how we know that God wasn't suggesting Job. He was calling Satan out for having been to Job's house. Satan was trying to find a way because remember Job, not only was he a rich man, blessed man, he was an upright man. He helped the poor. He took care of the widows. He took care of the blind folk. I mean, Job was, I mean, he was a good man, an upright man before God. Nobody liked him in this whole region. And Satan said, I got to bring that man down. Oh, I wish I had a few people. Satan said, I got to bring that man down. And that's why I said, why, why, Jesus, why God said, oh, you've been over Job's house, haven't you? Yeah, see? But what gave the opportunity for Job, for Satan to get in there? Not God, Job's fear. See, when you allow fear to work in your life, ladies and gentlemen, it gives Satan control of your situation. Oh, my. But faith will cause you to overcome. Listen to this. Faith brings peace to your soul. Remember I told you, fear torments your soul. But faith brings peace to your soul and gives God control of your situation. Now, you're going to have situations. Jesus already told us that. You're going to have situations in this world. You're going to have situations. But you're going to give somebody control of that situation, either through your fear or through your faith. Your fear will neutralize the power of God. But when you let your faith begin to work, it invites God's power to begin to work in your life. 
I knew that was worth at least one amen. First John 5 and verse 4 is our main text. John the writer here says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Again, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Now look at verse 5 real quick. Because I know y'all know verse 4 real good. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes, overcomes continuously the world, but he who believes continuously that Jesus is the Son of God. Notice believes or overcomes is in the perfect present tense and believes is in the perfect present tense, which means the moment you believed, you overcame. But if you want to keep overcoming, you have to keep... <laughs> Come on now. The moment you believed, you became an overcomer. But to keep overcoming, you have to keep believing. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes, not believed, but believes... So you got to keep believing. Tell your neighbor you got to keep believing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> what y'all know about it? Y'all don't know about that. Thought all you listened to was Tupac. So he who believes what? That Jesus, so that's the salvation experience. So I want you to see then that salvation or the, or the new birth includes overcoming every situation. I'll say it again because you didn't get it. That means your salvation didn't just come with being healed, didn't just come with being made rich, didn't just come with being blessed, didn't just come with being made righteous. It includes being an overcomer in every situation. Did you catch that? The moment you became a believer, you became an overcomer. In other words, it, you got to catch this. It, it, it's equal. A equals B. Save equals overcome. Overcomer. I don't know if you get that. I mean, it's the same thing I'm trying to get everybody to understand about, about why you don't have to worry about your money. Because save equals rich. Some of y'all still struggling. It e save equals healed. You got, it's, it's part of the package. Save equals righteous. You don't have to become, try to become righteous when you, once you get saved. The moment you get saved, you immediately are righteous. You don't try to work on being blessed. The moment you get saved, you are immediately blessed. Save equals blessed. Help me out, somebody. So save equals overcomer. In other words, the moment you get saved, is no more losing, period. 
if you lose or are overcome, it's because you stopped believing. Oh no, I'm still saved. I'm still walking with God. No, you stop believing that He's the Son of God. Because there's more into that. Can I, can I show you this? Can I show you this? Come on now. When I got saved, I became an overcomer. Because salvation equals overcoming. Matter of fact, do you know, do you know in, in, in the Hebrew, thank you, Holy Ghost, when we say the word Joshua, which is the English word, is actually the Hebrew word Yeshua. Do you know Yeshua means salvation, means victory? When we call it Jesus, Jesus, that's a Greek name. In Hebrew, they don't go around saying Jesus. <laughs> they say Yeshua. Yeshua HaMashiach. They, Yeshua means salvation. It means victory. Y'all don't get it. Y'all still don't. It's the same word. So if I'm saved, I am victorious. If I'm saved, I have been delivered. If I'm saved, I have overcome. Who is he who overcomes? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. I wish somebody grab a hold of this here. That thing you're worried about right now, your mind, right now, right, that thing in the back of your mind right now that you got to deal with when you go to work tomorrow or go back home today, I'm trying to tell you, you already are an overcomer of that. That thing that's trying to stress your mind out and putting pressure on your brain, putting pressure on your physical body, your blood pressure is rising because of what you're dealing with. God said, I've already given you the victory. Aren't you saved? he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God well pastor how does it work I'm glad you asked look at Matthew please Matthew chapter 16 Matthew 16 oh glory first book of the gospels there Matthew 16 -wee. hallelujah I'm a believer not a doubter I'm victorious. I'm not defeated. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm victorious. I'm not defeated. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm an overcomer. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not overcome. I'm not defeated. I can't lose. I believe. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, I'm going to show you how or why your believing in the Son of God makes you an overcomer. How you can use these things you can use. Watch this Matthew 16. Look down, please, at verse 13. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 
He said to his people. He said to his people. I'm saying to God's people. But who do you say? Have I been reduced to just a prophet in your eyes? Have I been reduced to just a good teacher in your eyes? Not talking about me, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Have we reduced him to just a good man? A good philosopher? Or do we believe that he is who he said he is? But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said to him, watch this. You are the Christ. Here it is. The son. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Peter confessed. He declared, I believe you are the son of the living God. Now watch this. Verse 17. Jesus answered that. I'm throwing it in. Jesus answered that, that belief, that confession, and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Somebody say, I'm blessed. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, what does blessed mean? Say it loud. Blessed means empowered to prosper. So he didn't release this blessing on him until he declared who he was. Once Peter declared who Jesus was, the son of the living God, he said, blessed are you. And he's revealing to something to Peter that Peter didn't understand. Peter didn't know. Because he said, for flesh and blood has not revealed this. But my father who is in heaven implied revealed this to you. So that means that Peter had a revelation that came from God. Peter, you're blessed. That revelation makes you blessed. That revelation has empowered you to prosper. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Well, one reason why you're going to be an overcomer is because you're blessed. Oh, y'all not catching it. Because you've been empowered to prosper. If you're empowered to prosper, that means you're not empowered to fail. Uh, empowered not only means to have the ability, but that means to have the authority. You don't have the authority to fail. Boy, I better, I better, I might have to save this for a Saturday morning. You don't have the authority to fail. You, you've not been authorized to lose. You've not been anointed to lose. Ah. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, authorized, able to prosper. Are you, son of Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I also say to you, keep going, that you are Peter. And on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. Come on. What? The gates of Hades or hell, King James says. So how are you going to lose if hell can't beat you? I'm trying to get y'all to see this here. You're blessed, empowered to prosper, authorized to 
to win and hell can't beat you. How you going to be defeated? How you going to be overcome? How you going to be overwhelmed when hell can't beat you? When you can bust hell wide open. I don't mean going in, but I'm talking about when hell's trying to block you from getting your blessing. The gates of hell. Hell's gates can't stop you. Hell's trying to keep you out of your prosperity, out of your success, out of your dream, out of your destiny. And Christ said hell can't stop you. How you going to be defeated? Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes? So we're seeing now how you overcome. Why you overcome, why you can't be overcome. I'm blessed, and hell can't stop me. I mean, y'all, y'all know if y'all get this. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Help me, please. And hell can't stop me. Tell somebody else, I'm blessed, and hell can't stop me. I'm blessed, and hell can't stop me. This time, tell it to yourself, I'm blessed, and hell can't stop me. Now, if you blessed, I mean, hell, what? Hell can't stop you. Well, why are you sitting there doing nothing? Why are you sitting there scared to launch out into the deep? Why are you sitting there scared to move out on what God told you to do? And hell can't stop you. Why are you scared to lay hands on the sick? And hell can't stop you. Why are you scared to cast out devils? And hell can't stop you. Why are you scared to preach and teach the gospel? And hell can't stop you. Why are you scared to tell somebody about God when hell can't stop you? And you're blessed. And the gates of heaven shall not prevail against it. And another one of those conjunctions. There's three parts here. You're blessed. And hell can't stop you. And I will give you the keys. Oh my. Now, all this is because Peter said, you're the son of God. All because Peter believed that he's the son of God. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who that Jesus is. So the same things that Jesus gave to Peter, he's telling you and me, you're blessed Hell can't stop you, and I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, what am I supposed to do with those keys? Well, whatever you bind on earth, help me out today, shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, come on, shall be loosed in heaven. So not only are you blessed, not only can hell, cannot hell, can hell uh, not stop you, but heaven is going to back you up. Oh, I'm going to sit down on y'all in a minute. Not only are you blessed and hell can't stop you, but heaven is backing you up. Y'all missing this. Whatever you bind shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose shall be loosed in heaven. Sound to me like God has taken his authority and delegated it to you. 
I told you last Wednesday night about being an authorized user. God has made you an authorized user of his word, an authorized user of the name of Jesus, an authorized user of the blood. We got to get back to pleading the blood a little more often. Come on, help me out. We got to go back old school. Some of y'all new school folks don't know nothing about pleading the blood. But I learned growing up, you got to plead the blood. Father, I plead the blood over my wife. I plead the blood over my children. I plead the blood over my house. I plead the blood over my car. I plead the blood over my school. I plead the blood over the church. I plead the blood over the city. I plead the blood over the ministry. I plead the blood over my loved ones. I plead the blood over my friends. I plead the blood over my neighborhood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. That's one of the keys. The blood. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a, is a key. I give you the keys. When you use that name, demons tremble. When you use that name, you can lock some things up. When you use that name, you can unlock some things that have been locked in your life. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How are you going to lose when you got the blessing? Unstoppable and heaven support. If you are finding yourself still being overcome, still losing, it's because you're not appropriating what you have. You're not using what's been made available to you. You're not walking in the light of your revelation. What do you mean not walking in the light of my revelation? For you to get born again, you had to believe he was the son of God. That's how you got first got born again, right? I believe he's the son of God. But somewhere along the way, you got out of that belief. Well, no, I still, I still believe he's a son. You believe he's a son? You really believe he's the son of God? Do you really believe? You don't know. You just believe that God raised him from the dead. Do you still believe he's the son of God? Do you still believe he's inside you? Do you still believe he's working with you? Do you still believe he's a very present help in trouble? Then why in the world are you letting life rattle you if you still believe that? So we got to get back to believing he's the son of God. Who is he who overcomes? But he who believes. You might have to say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Y'all got this so far? Yes, sir. All right, now, so I should never be defeated because I have, I'm being empowered to prosper and I have kingdom authority. So I've got what it takes. Now let's go to Galatians 2 real quick. Galatians 2. We looked at this last week. We hit it just for a few moments. But I want to go back to it. Galatians 2. Because we, we have what it takes, ladies and gentlemen, to overcome all pressure. Tell your neighbor, all pressure. How many know that there's spiritual pressure on us? How many know there's mental pressure? The devil attacks the mind. He 
He's taking, he's trying to attack your mind. You got you thinking crazy. Thinking irrational. Lee. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But we can overcome him. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the psychological warfare is strong. I mean, I'm just, just, just look at the world, what's happening, all the things that people are being attacked and losing their minds. And in the body of Christ, people in the body of Christ are losing it. Why? Somehow they've left the belief Open the door to other, other uh, ideas and philosophy and ways of thinking. Jesus made three things very, very clear in John 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not I am a way, a truth, a life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, meaning I'm the only way. I'm the only truth. I'm the only life. And when folk allow themselves to get mixed up with all other kind of ways and truths and lifestyles, they make themselves very susceptible. I mean, we're already under attack anyway, but don't give place to the devil by opening yourself. He already gonna attack you because he don't like you. But let's not give him any, any kind of inroads to our lives. Are you in Galatians 2? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody told me I don't hoop and holler. I'm about to hoop and holler for y'all. I'm Lord. Oh, Lord. In the book of Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20, are you there? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who did what? Loved me this week. What, this week, what, what we celebrate? You know, everybody. You know, a lot of people have Friday off. Good Friday. Amen. They, they, good Friday. Hallelujah. But we're we don't talk about Good Thursday because he, he died on Thursday. <laughs> he didn't actually die on Friday. He died on Thursday. Friday wouldn't make any sense. He, he said, "I'm going to be in the in the belly of, of the earth three days and three nights." He couldn't die on Friday and rise on Sunday and be three days and three nights. He had to have died on Thursday to be three days and three nights and rise on Sunday. Now, don't, don't go trying to change folks' calendars and everything like that. Just go with it. Just go with the Good Friday. But technically, it's Thursday. But my point is, is this week that he loved me and he gave himself for me. Now, I want you to notice something. I'm going to point out three things real quick in this verse. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
Now remember, we're talking about overcoming the world here. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now let me ask this question. Is Jesus Christ still dead? No. Huh? No, he's not dead. Which means if he's not dead, then he overcame death. So Paul is identifying himself in Christ's victory as an overcomer. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Now they all know he's teaching them Christ ain't dead no more. So that means if he's not dead, he overcame death. And if he overcame death, which is the biggest and the baddest, I don't care how many bills you get, it ain't nothing like death. I don't care if folk kick you in your teeth. That ain't death. The 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians says that the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. So death is the granddaddy of them all. So if Christ overcame death, then everything else is minor compared to death. Y'all not catching that. He didn't say I went through with Christ. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. He talked about the ultimate end of it. I was crucified with Christ. So if Christ, who was crucified, overcame death, then I'm also then an overcomer in his resurrection. Oh, Jesus. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Timothy 2, verse 11. On the screen, watch this. Watch what it says. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. So yes, I've been crucified with Christ, but I also live with Christ. That's why Paul talked about that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. His resurrection means that he overcame death. And I'm supposed to, I want to know that same overcoming power in my life. So the reason why I don't quit is because if he can get up from the grave, I can get up from this little setback. That's all it is, a little setback. Anybody ever had a little setback? That's all it is, it's just a little setback. Life isn't over. God is not dead. He's still alive. Jesus Christ isn't still in the grave. He's alive, he rose. That little setback, that's all Jesus had was a couple days of setback, but he got up. And he got up with all power in his hand. So now, if he's alive, I'm also alive with him. He's alive in victory. He's alive in power. So I'm alive in victory, and I'm alive in power. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. All fear is gone. Because I know my life is worth living just because I live in his life. Said I live in his life. Now notice what he says here. Go back in Galatians 2. Galatians 2.20. He says, he says this light, he said, uh, uh, where am I? He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. All right, now second question. 
Can Christ be defeated? No. No. He's never been defeated. He wasn't defeated by the Pharisees. Wasn't defeated by the Sadducees. Wasn't defeated by the Herodians. Wasn't defeated by the scribes. Wasn't defeated by the Romans. By all the Jews. He wasn't defeated by the devil and death itself. So he can't be defeated. Now remember he said, watch what he says then. He can't be defeated, right? Y'all just said that, right? He says, it is no longer I who live. The undefeated one lives in me. Now if you keep, the defeat, keep getting defeated, it's still you living. Oh, you'll get this by Thursday. It is no longer I who live. But Christ, the undefeated one, the undefeatable one, lives in me. So that's why I'm not defeatable. Because it ain't me. So when folk make the mistake of thinking they're going to come up against me, yeah, you might beat me if it was just me. You might overwhelm me if it was just me. You might whoop me if it was just me. But baby, I got news for you. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. I can't lose because the one who wins always is on the inside of me. Now thanks be to God who always gives me the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. The winner lives inside of me. So be careful what you say about me. Be careful how you rise. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to people on the camera. Be careful how you rise up against this one. You might be eight feet tall, Goliath. David, when he ran up against Goliath, he said, listen, you coming up against me, Goliath, with your old 10 foot tall self, big old head self, big old foot self. You coming up against me with your swords and your staves, your knives, your spears. He says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And this day, I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed your body to the bird. You looking down on me because I'm a little boy. You looking down on me because I'm a young man. You looking down on me because I'm short. You looking down on me because I'm young. But greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. It's no longer I. This ain't David. This is covenant man David. This ain't Jonathan. This is Christ living in me, Jonathan. He said, it's no longer I who live, but the anointed one and his anointing lives in me. His anointing lives in you. His anointing lives in you. His anointing. There are times I pray for people. And in my prayer for them, I'm talking about praying for sickness or disease. The Lord would instruct me. This is not every time, but many times he'd instruct me to pray and speak to the anointing in them. When you're praying for a believer and Christ lives in them, there's an anointing that's resident in them. Do you understand that there's an anointing that's resident on the inside of you? 
And he tell me to speak to that anointing and say, and tell that anointing to heal them from the inside out. Oh, I don't know if y'all get this. The anointed one, his anointing lives inside you. The anointed one, his anointing, and his anointing lives inside you. So you have on the inside of you the earth-shattering, world-overcoming power of the living God resident in you all the time. Whether you feel it or not. Come on, all that times you don't feel anointed. But that doesn't change the fact that the, that the anointed one, his anointing, live on the inside of you. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. So how in the world I'm supposed to lose? That's like you walking up on somebody and you look like Chris Rock, but Mike Tyson on the inside of you. I bet, I bet Will Smith wouldn't slap if you know Mike, Mike Tyson and stuff. Come on. You can, you, can, you can talk about his wife, his mama, his dog, his firstborn child, and he wouldn't do nothing because he know Mike Tyson live on the inside of you. So, 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 so when you know that Christ lives inside you, then it really doesn't matter what you're going to face. Now watch the last thing he says. He says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God. Faith in the Son. Is our faith still in the Son of God? So here's the question here. First question we asked was, is Jesus still dead? We said no. Second question, can Christ be defeated? The answer was no. The last question, because my faith is in the Son of God, what did Jesus do? Because if I put my faith in him, I need to know what he did. See, if, I, if I'm going to put my faith in somebody, I need to know what they did, what they're capable of. I'm not going to put my faith in somebody just because they're cute, you know, or got good hair. I'm, I need to know... What's your ability? Right? Isn't that the whole reason why you date somebody and you, and you date them and you, you court them and you get to know them? You don't just, you know, love at first sight. You, you're crazy. Might be liking lust at first sight, but not no love at first sight because you better, you better get to know what, what they do, how they behave, how they act, how they treat folk. And what's, what's your record? Before I put my faith in you, before I go share a bank account with you, I need to know how you handle your money. <laughs> Come on now, help me out now. Before we're going to make a baby, I need to know what's your parenting ideology. Somebody, let's go have on a baby. No, no, I ain't going to have on a baby with you before I can find out. No, I need to know. Who are your people? Why you and your last girlfriend broke up? What happened, what happened to your last boyfriend, sister? Why? She telling you he wasn't no good and you find out she a stalker. No, you better find out. <laughs> 
So if I'm going to put my faith, see, if I'm going to put my faith in the Son of God, I need to know what did he do that merits my faith. He never called for blind faith. He never called for blind faith. Oh, yes, he did. Just, just believe him. No, if he says believe on me, he, he wants you to believe because I died for you. I'm t- he's telling us what he did. That's not blind faith. That's okay. He died for me, so that's why. I'm, okay, I'm believing. Oh, he did that. Okay. All right. Are, are you here? What did he do? Well, we know, I've showed you already, he whipped Satan. Yes, yes. Right? He overcame the world. Look at John 16, 33. Yes. Let's see what he did. Here's, here's what he did. Now, I've already talked about how he died. We need to know, we, you know that already. Right. Just look at John 16, 33. You know this one. But I want you to see this here. He says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Watch this. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he did for me. That's what he did. I have overcome it. He didn't say, I will. I'm planning to. He said, I have. So if I'm going to put my faith in somebody, I need to know what they've done. What's your track record? What, what's, what, have you been there before? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. Have you been there before? So if we're going to overcome, I want to get with somebody who's already overcome. So he tells us, I have overcome the world. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Well, what does it do? That was it. Did you you just catch that? He overcame the world. Now, if you want to go back and read specifics, you open up your Bible. Matthew chapter 1, start there. Go through John chapter 21 and 22. (laughs) You read his story. And somewhere you're going to find some place in there that he did something equivalent to your situation. But in a nutshell, he wrapped it up by saying, I have overcome the world. In other words, I've been where you're trying to get, go to. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. What did he do? He loved me, and he gave himself for me. In doing that, he completed the job of overcoming the world. All right, let's wrap this up. Look over, please, at Revelation, the book of Revelation. Don't be scared. Revelation. (laughs) Revelation is our book. I said Revelation is our book. That's not the devil's book. That's our book. book. It's the book detailing our victory. Revelation 3. I'm going to go to verse 19. This is... Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea. Verse 19. Look at what he says here. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. So if, if you're being rebuked and chastened, it's because of love. 
God loves you. Therefore, do what? Be zealous and behold, I send to the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Now watch verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Watch this. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So notice he tells us, this is to the church, all the church again, that he overcame. And because he overcame, he is seated with the father. Because he overcame, he was promoted to sit with the father. So then he makes us this promise that if we also overcome, we get promoted and we get to sit with the father. Now why does he have to say that? Because he's telling us that there are going to be some trials and some tribulations, some troubles, some difficulties, some situations in our lives, but don't let that whip you. Don't let that, don't let it, that defeat you. You have to overcome every situation because if you do, you'll be elevated to a place of dominion. And many times the reason why we don't get elevated is because we don't overcome, we keep getting overcome. Oh, praise God. That's good to me right there. Promotion is for overcomers. I said promotion is for overcomers. Remember, remember Daniel? Remember Shadrach? Meshach? Abednego? They were overcomers. And because they overcame... They got promoted. They got elevated because they were promote. They were overcomers. Yes, but if they had not overcome, not only would they have not been promoted, they would have lost their divine position yes. with God. Yes. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. But what about, then the Bible say we are seated with him in heavenly places? Yes, that's, that's a spiritual potential. But he's talking about you will, and I will literally, literally sit with him on his throne if we overcome. If we don't let this world defeat us. If we don't let, let this world make us turn back and walk back on God. All right. Let me read... Uh, Man, I'm out of time. Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Y'all know that, right? 32 goes on to say, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also freely give us? So would all things include victory? On every side, over every attack? Would all things include then what we just read here, ruling and reigning? All right, now, let's read two more scriptures and I'm going to quit. Ephesians 6, 12. 
This is what I'm going to tell you here why you're guaranteed to overcome if you stay with it. Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the first thing you got to get through your mind. You're not wrestling against people. What the government doing so and so? It ain't it ain't the people. They don't know what they're doing. Well, the school system and it ain't them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it's the law enforcement. It ain't them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it's my cousin. It definitely ain't them. They don't know what they're doing. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? And what? against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But we wrestle against flesh, I'm sorry, against principalities and powers. Now look at Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15. Here's what Jesus Christ did this week. This week. Having disarmed principalities and powers. I don't know if y'all caught that. We wrestle against principalities and powers. But here it says they're disarmed. Now in Ephesians 6 it tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Now within the armor we got the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the you know belt of truth and feet, shot of preparation, gospel of peace and so forth, shield of faith. But we talked about Wednesday night, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. That's your offensive weapon. Plus, we can pray always in the spirit on all occasions. That that means those are our weapons. Now, Colossians 2.15 tells me that the principalities and powers have no weapons. They, they, you know, it's it's old saying, uh, it ain't so fun when the rabbit got the gun. Y'all ever heard that phrase? It ain't so fun when a rabbit got the gun. In other words, remember Elmer Fudd? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna get that rabbit, rabbit. And and he go after Bugs Bunny, and he had the gun. But it wasn't so fun when Bugs Bunny ended up with the gun. Right? What I'm telling you is, as a believer, you're the one with the gun. The devil has been disarmed. Disarm means remove not his physical arms, but he has no, no, no ammunition, no, no weapons. And all he can offer is suggestions. All he can offer are words. All he can do is say, boo. All he can do is bring you a symptom, a sign, a word, a note. But it's, he, he's, he's what we call a toothless lion. And here you are with all the armor, all the weapons. So you and I are not supposed to ever, 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 never, ever, never, ever, ever be overcome by the enemy. 
we don't have a right to lose. We're not authorized to lose. We don't have what it takes to lose. We have <laughs> only what it takes to win. Can I, can I tell you one more thing? In Revelation 12, 21 rather, verse 8, It says this, no, verse, verse 7 rather, Revelation 21, verse 7. He overcomes, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Remember, Jesus told us back in early in Revelation, he said, to him who overcomes, you'll get to sit with me on my throne, because I also overcame and sit with my father on this throne. Now, Hebrews 1, 2 says, Jesus Christ was appointed heir of all things. He was appointed heir of all things. So you and I, if we overcome, we shall inherit all things. Can you see, watch this. Can you see why the devil working so hard to get us to not overcome? Because what he lost because of his pride and arrogance is now made available to you and me. He can't get it. He's jealous of you. You ever had a hater in your life or somebody jealous of you? They gon' they gon' they praying on your downfall. <laughs> That's what they say. They won't let you be great. <laughs> and the the reason is not because not is is not because it's not because they don't think you can get there. It's because they know they can't get there. In other words, you, you're not jealous of somebody else's house if you can get your own house. So the reason the devil is so jealous of you and so, so uh, combative towards you is not because he, he doesn't think you can do it. It's because he knows he can't. He knows you become an overcomer. You can promote it. To God's right hand, right there where he used to be. Remember, the devil used to stand right there at God's right hand. His anointed cherub. And he knows when you overcome, you get that same position. So he's trying to overcome you. Don't be overcome. Who is he who overcomes? But he who believes. The son of God. That's how you do it. Keep your faith in him as a son of God, and you can't lose. I'm blessed and empowered to prosper. Hell can't stop me, and heaven's got my back. Say it again. I'm blessed. I'm empowered to prosper. Hell can't stop me, and heaven's got my back. Get on your feet today and give God a praise for that. I'm blessed. Hell can't stop me. Heaven's got my back. The devil wants you to think, to believe that somehow you got to do this on your own. You got to face and overcome whatever you're dealing with on your own. But remember what Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is in you now. Yes, 
He's in you. The victorious one lives in you. I could almost just see him on the inside saying, if you just give me the controls, I'll control everything. Let me just, yes. let me just control everything from the inside. Tell you what to do. Because I'm going to guide you to this victory. He said, I already overcame. I know how to do this. You don't know how to do this. Let me do this. Let me guide you. I already overcame. I'll get you through this. You'll never lose again. Amen? Lord God, thank you today for this word. Thank you today for your people who have, I believe they've received it. And I pray for those today who may be in a fight right now. Maybe in a battle that seems to be beyond their abilities. I pray, Father, that each and every one of those people, those individuals, those that are here, those, those that are watching, that every one of us who's in a, what looks like an uphill battle will stay with it and believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he lives inside of us. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes. Your word says, who is he who believes who is he overcomes? But he who believes that Jesus is, not was. That he is. That means we believe, we believe in the resurrected Lord. We believe in the resurrected Lord. We believe in the resurrected Lord. Thank you, Father. He is your son. He is the Christ the son of the living God. Thank you that flesh and blood did not reveal that to us. But our father, you our father in heaven revealed that to us. That even if we heard it preached or taught, our mama, our daddy told us, you gave it to us by revelation that it's a reality that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Father, we believe that. We'll continue to believe that. And we'll continue to be overcomers, walking in that victory that comes to us. I pray today, right now, for strength for each person who's in that battle. Going uphill right now. God, I pray that, God, you give them the strength that they need to stand against the wiles of the devil, to stand against the enemy's forces, to resist him, that he may flee from them. We pray right now that God, each person who's in a, a mental battle right now, the devil's attacking their minds. That God, they'll stand in your word and know that God, you are the one who will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Lord. And I pray, Father, that each person today will stand in that truth, that reality, that Jesus is the Son of God, the living God, that he is Lord, he is alive, he reigns forever that he loved us enough to give himself for us. Because of that, we have the victory now. Now I pray and I thank you that God, this is done and that your people will never, ever, ever lose another battle, another fight for the rest of our days. For the rest of our days. We will not fear. What shall man do to us? We will be still and know that you are God. You'll be exalted among the heathens. You'll be exalted in all the earth. Thank you, Lord, that you are a very present help in trouble. We love you. We appreciate your goodness toward us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give God a great praise today if you receive that. 
today.